Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The attacks in Israel continue. While there's a push and a desire from President Joe Biden for a ceasefire, that does not stop Hamas from continuing more rocket fire, nor does it stop the Israeli Defense Forces from continuing to move in a way to continue to protect the people, putting out on Twitter, Jews, Muslims, Christians, Druze. Over the last 11 days, Hamas has fired rockets indiscriminately indiscriminately at all Israeli citizens. In response, we have been precisely targeting the source of terrorism in Gaza, and we will continue to do so. That source, of course, is Hamas. Hamas, a terrorist organization sponsored by Iran. We know this to be fact. Unfortunately, there are far too many American politicians who don't seem to want to know what the reality is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Major Jerome Spielman is an IDF spokesman to the foreign press. He has been a part of the Second Intifada, the Second Lebanon War, cast lead operation in the Gaza Strip, and a series of other uh, excursions, uh, deployments and exercises. He joins us now uh, from Israel. Sir, I appreciate you taking the time speaking to us uh, about the latest that's going on, uh, responses from the Israeli Defense Forces. Let us start with the latest, the latest attacks today and casualties. Absolutely, Tony, and thank you for having me. Uh, there's been an incessant barrage of attacks today. Um, I just got back from Ashkelon, which uh, for your listeners, Ashkelon is a beautiful city. Imagine Indianapolis. It's the beautiful city. The only difference is four miles away from the edge of that city lies the Gaza Strip. It would kind of be like uh, Indianapolis being four miles away from Tehran. Um, and a beautiful city with high-rise buildings. I was there inside a home, which had just sustained a direct rocket attack uh, hit a direct hit the the woman the mother of the family and her her son who was there they decided to go into their protective shelter when they heard the sirens they only had about 20 seconds the entire home incinerated around them and uh, it was just a miracle that they weren't injured and so hamas is continuing with this barrage they're just firing off into the air hoping that those rockets will kill israelis uh, as you mentioned they've they've killed israelis jewish israelis they killed arab israelis they killed yesterday two thai workers uh whose families had to be notified in a you know overseas and ironically tony you you know one out of every five of those rockets lands back in gaza and there's children in gaza 16 children in gaza were killed over the course of two hours from their own rockets we should take a second to to engage that and and the way you describe that a difference between palestinians people living in gaza and hamas the terrorist organization there's Absolutely. a difference between the two exactly the, the, the people living in gaza the palestinian people living in gaza uh, Hamas was kind of thrust upon them. Uh, Hamas came in, in a brutal takeover. Uh, a number, not that many years ago, uh, just over a decade ago, they took the previous regime, which was the Palestinian Authority, and literally threw their leadership off the roofs of the buildings in Gaza and uh, took over. 
And the people in Gaza, you know, they don't they don't have a voice, so it's difficult to know them because there's no dissent against Hamas in Gaza. It's, you know, it's not a good policy, a life insurance policy to to complain against Gaza. And you know, for years, Gazan people worked in Israel. Israelis lived in Gaza. They worked together. And Israel has no beef with the people of Gaza. We we would love the the quality of life of the people in Gaza to improve, but. Just to put this in, in proportion, uh, today I tried bringing uh, someone to the Erez crossing. It's a it's the humanitarian aid crossing, and I couldn't get in. Why couldn't I get in with this person who was a reporter? Because Hamas has been bombing their own humanitarian aid crossing for the last seven days, so we couldn't go in. The people of Gaza are hungry. Talking to Major Jerome Spielman, spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces. One of the hits that IDF has been taking, at least in some levels of American press and certainly from uh, the, the punditry class, is that there was a building that was taken out that was ho- housing uh, Hamas and, and, and headquarters, but also housed the Associated Press and some other, other journalist types. We know that warning was given. How has IDF... IDF responded to those people, whether it be in the United States or other places, saying, you're taking out, you're going after journalists. How could you? You know, the best that we've been able to do is uh, we've asked questions back, such as, as well, again, uh, the journalists are not to blame, but it is somewhat bizarre that it's not only a Hamas target. We have to understand that this building that uh, AP and Al Jazeera and housed Hamas's research and develop, advanced research and development wing, which is another way of saying that is where they were producing the means to kill Israeli people. And it was a primary target. And, you know, we did warn everybody and they did. Nobody was hurt in the explosion. But uh, the press for a long time asked us to provide proof. There is obviously an intel element to this proof, so we couldn't share it publicly, but we shared it with the United States government and they accepted it. But, um, yeah, again, the, the the conversation I do think needs to be turned around and said, what, why were you, I mean, you were riding the elevators with these people for years. I mean, you never kind of figured out maybe it wasn't a good place to be. And uh, I haven't had any real answers to that. The only thing I can say is there are former workers for these agencies that after they left the agencies very publicly stated that they witnessed firings of rockets right next to their agencies over the course of previous operations they never reported on it because they knew if they reported on it they probably wouldn't leave gaza alive they would leave gaza in a box and 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 that's the story of gaza you know it's not freedom of the press it's not freedom of of expression it's the dark ages so this leads us to conversations of a ceasefire. Uh, we spoke with Daniel Ashman, uh, Ashheim yesterday from the uh, uh, Consul General's uh, office uh, to the Midwest uh, here in, in the U.S., uh, based in Chicago. We've heard that President Biden has been asking for a ceasefire, that Prime Minister Benjamin, Benjamin Netanyahu has been kind of hedging uh, on that. And then, of course, the reporting uh, today from Times of Israel that Benjamin Netanyahu has convened the security cabinet uh, amid the reports of a looming ceasefire. Are we about to see a ceasefire uh, regarding Hamas? And is Hamas going to agree to such a thing? I mean, that is the big question. Uh, there's a lot of rumors out there right now. And, and from a military perspective, perspective, I can only tell you how we're posturing right now. We are 
acting as if there is no ceasefire whatsoever. I mean, we, the Army, has hit many, many targets over the last 24 hours. We shifted our operations from the area of that underground terror city that Hamas built with international funding, which has been called the Metro, because it looks kind of like an underground subway metro system, but instead of you know transporting civilians, it transports uh, terrorism. And we moved, shifted our operations to the southern area of the Gaza Strip, which is where they have their missile silos, uh, their storage facilities. We've had enormous numbers of operations and success over the last 24 hours. And just understand what this means. I mean, Hamas, we've taken out a lot of their manufacturing. We took out most of their underground city. But the actual rockets, they've spread these things all under Gaza. Every one of them is inside a home. So last night, we took out rockets that were, and I'm not exaggerating, inside the cupboard, inside a home. Not only in the home, and so one of the homes is the former justice minister of Hamas. In his cupboard, he's got the rockets. So, again, you notify the families, you call them, you wake them up, you look at them, you watch them leave, and then you take out the rocket and you look for a secondary explosion. That is how painstaking it is because Hamas put everything near civilians. Um, so we're moving forward with all of our targets, and as long as we don't receive a red light, and we're continually able to do that. We, we're, we're moving forward with the mission of crippling Hamas's infrastructure. I want and, to take and that a, is really, that's what our focus is right now. I want to take a second to talk about stop. this idea of rockets. Very often we'll see the American press talk about rockets being launched into Israel. But rockets will make you think of the rockets' red glare. It's almost a Independence Day, 4th of July, uh, almost in the ether. Could you discuss what the military capacity of Hamas is, their firepower, and, and the f- sophistication of their weaponry? Sure. Hamas began this conflict with around 12,000 plus or minus rockets. Uh, The payload on a rocket, to put it in normal civilian terms, if that rocket lands near a home, the entire home is incinerated and and everyone in that home is killed. I mean, that, that, that is what a rocket means. It's not a firework. And that is not even one of the stronger rockets. The direction capability in the rockets is not fantastic. Um, Of those 12,000, they have a few hundred rockets that are able to hit Jerusalem. If we go back in time, 11 days ago, uh, they did fire rockets at Jerusalem again. My own children were in Jerusalem on that very day. My own kids, this is before I was called up in the army. My own kids had to take shelter. You know, imagine a bunch of kids were out and all of a sudden sirens, you know, start ringing and they had to, you know, they had to take uh, shelter. And so a a few hundred are able to hit Jerusalem uh, and other far reaches of the country, hit Tel Aviv. Um, It's it's homemade with Iranian technology and funding. These are incredibly deadly. If one of them lands, a family is destroyed. And the only reason why this has not become, I mean, 12 people dying in Israel is, is horrible, but a catastrophic incident of thousands of people dying is because while Hamas has been investing in terror infrastructure, we've been investing in the Iron Dome missile defense system. So, you know, we've been doing everything we can, and it's been successful. It's managed to neutralize around 90% of those rockets. Talking to Major Daron Spielman, a spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, we had started this part of the conversation about ceasefire. And so uh, I took from your statement that we shouldn't hold our breath on ceasefire, but anything and everything is still possible. That's for sure. That is for sure. And this could go on and on and on. 
or we could get you know some type of notification soon. Certainly, we have our targets. What has changed? Hamas, according to much of our intel, Hamas thought they'd shoot a few rockets, and uh, that would be it. And and Israel maybe wouldn't respond. Not only have we responded, but everything that they've tried has failed. They tried from the sea in a submersive vehicle. We neutralized the vehicle and the combatants. They tried via their tunnels. We took out their tunnel system. They tried via the land. You know, we we have detected and taken out numerous of their operations from the land. And um, they received the response, I, even more than the military response, the people of Israel are united. And I've been up and down Israel along the Gaza border for days. Every person I have met in the South has said to me, we have one wish. None of them say to me that we, the rocket should stop falling. That's obvious. They all say to me that the IDF finishes this mission and reduces their enormously reduces or eliminates their ability to do this again and restores peace to this area people of israel are very very strong and yet the people of the united states are seem to be in a very very weird spot don't get me wrong there are plenty of supporters of israel but we've seen demonstrations in new york city we've seen demonstrations in los angeles we've seen demonstrations in indianapolis indiana where they say free palestine and they they quote from the river to the sea palestine uh, will will be free uh, as you see that as the IDF sees it as Israelis see it when you see that happening in the United States what is the take on those kinds of demonstrations look uh, it's it's very very sad um, uh, to Israelis and we do love the United States the United States is our greatest ally I will say this I think this is reflective of something you know Israelis we have a plenty of internal problems in our country but we do know our story Israelis know that our story we know that we are people that have been around for 4000 years we know that we've survived a great deal and that we want to keep surviving and that we're not going to give into tyranny and that we're not going to allow another holocaust to happen and when the common discussions when we see this lack of support from certain sectors it just seems to be people who don't know their own story i don't think that they know the american story because the american story and the israeli story are actually similar built upon similar ideals uh similar ideals that uh are some of them are rooted in history some are rooted in the bible they're rooted in freedom and they're rooted in pride and it's um it's disheartening but we understand the moral sanctification uh, of what we are doing and it's just hard for me to believe when do they not realize that Hamas shot 4,000 rockets as I mean we didn't start this and do they not realize that we notify all these families to leave their homes knowing that when we do that the terrorists are going to get away well, allow me to add on to that for a second, sir, because it's not yep. just the demonstrations that don't realize. There are elected officials, Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman Michigan, Ilhan Omar, Congresswoman Minnesota, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Representative Andre Carson of Indianapolis. Uh, they all, you had Representative Ocasio-Cortez wanting to block the arms deal between the United States and Israel, 730-some-odd million dollars uh, worth of deal, who pushed the the idea of Israel as apartheid state and help move along these narratives. Is there a specific response from IDF or from the Israeli people towards elected officials in the United States who are also adding to this lack of knowledge of the situation? Well, I, the, the response is that what actually is the result of this misguided 
uh, viewpoint and it's kind of ignoring the facts. The result is not, of course, it hurts Israel, but who does it really hurt? It hurts the people of Gaza. I mean, if you really care about the people of Gaza, then you have to stop moving forward with the same shenanigans and buying the deception that Hamas is peddling to the world that they are the victim. Because it just it just causes the entire misery of the Gazan people to continue. Only when these certain leaders and in international organizations and countries that have given billions of dollars to Hamas, only when they point the finger at Hamas and demand from them that they actually take care of the Gazan people, will the Gazan people actually have a future? As long as people ignore this and point the finger at Israel, which is the only democracy in the Middle East, actually the only group of people that seem to actually care about the lives of the Gazan people by trying to minimize their fatalities in the, in, during the course of war, as long as that continues, the people who will suffer most are the Gazan people. And I think that's the main issue. Major Daron Spielman. From the Israeli Defense Forces spokesman there to the foreign press, I appreciate you taking the time. Stay safe, stay well, stay healthy, and let us talk again soon. Thank you so much, Tony, and to all of your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. You'll be able to grab uh, that interview, my conversation with Major Drone Spielman of the Israeli Defense Forces. That's already up and ready for you at TonyKatz.com. So be sure, be sure to grab that as quickly as you can and share that around. Really do uh, appreciate the Major being with us. We'll try and catch up with him next week. And hopefully this is no longer the case and Hamas has just given up. Yeah, I don't think that's coming. In the category of waste and fraud, the story is that hundreds of Paycheck Protection Program loans went to fake farms in absurd absurd places. That's the story from ProPublica. Now, I had to double-check it. But supposedly, some of the firms and some of the companies, they called them farms, they had names like Beefy King and Dealy Nuts. <laughs> what? I swear to you, uh, that's that's the case. Uh, getting $20,000, the maximum amount available for a sole proprietorship. Another one, Seaweed Bleeman, Manahawk in New Jersey. Uh, my parents actually used to live there. Got almost $20,000. Wait till we see the level of fraud that took place in the PPP. Yeah. There's always some fraud. Maybe that's what happens with giveaways. We'll get more into it. This is Tony Katz today. So we're talking about hate crimes, right? I mean, uh, to the extent that you believe in hate crimes, a full disclosure, I uh, don't believe in hate crimes. I don't believe hate crimes are actual real things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's great to be with you. All crimes are hateful. 
Right? If if you are to uh, rob my father, right, uh, put a gun to his head and steal from my father, it's not more of a crime than if your father is stolen from, because my father's Jewish and your father isn't, or your father's black and my father's white. It's not more of a crime. Well, they targeted that person because of their religion and because of the color of their skin. Yeah, that makes them terrible, but it doesn't make it more of a crime. The crime is still the crime. The violence is still the violence. The hate is still the hate. It doesn't change, actually. We've, we've done a horrible disservice saying so and believing so. It, it is part of a, a, a teaching of, of bigotry. That somehow we should have special classes, special groups, subsets with special protections. I oppose this. Because it really goes against the very concepts of equality. We're covered by the Constitution. And I don't need anything more than that. But the FBI, they've got themselves hate crime statistics. And so I'm like, all right, they got themselves hate crime statistics. Fight at Beverly Grove Sushi Restaurant investigated as a hate crime. What is this? Witnesses say a group of men yelling pro-Palestinian messages from their cars directed anti-Semitic remarks at several Jewish diners. Someone sitting down at one of the tables yelled back at the group of men, and things turned violent. No one had to yell anything. These guys said, hey, look at some Jews eating some uh, fatty tuna. Let's go beat them up. This because of what's happening in Israel regarding the terrorist attacks from Hamas. And yes, that is exactly how I will phrase it from now until the end of time. Hate crime is exactly the terminology, not because I like that terminology, but because society uses that terminology. So the question is, why isn't Al Sharpton there to decry this hate crime? Why isn't this being discussed as the top story on every single news channel and cable news outlet? Why aren't there members of Congress right now screaming and crying and wailing and, and, and renting up their clothes, tearing up their clothes, demanding legislation to stop this anti-Jewish hate? Why not? No, instead, I have Representative Ocasio-Cortez working to block an arms deal between the United States and Israel. Because you would literally have to be Geraldo Rivera stupid. And I said it and I meant it. That's a rare word for me on radio. You would have to be Geraldo Rivera stupid to think that Israel is purchasing weapons from the United States to kill Palestinian children. No, no, because they're the ones that fired first. If American City got hurt, it would be all America, all hands on deck. And if innocent people die, you blame the people that start the war. There are dozens of Palestinian children dead. There are dozens of Palestinian children dead. And whose fault is that? With ammunition provided to Israel by the United States without even a demand for a ceasefire. Geraldo was on with Sean Hannity and uh, Dan Bongino, and um, I I said it before, and and I'll say it again. Geraldo Rivera should not be listened to or trusted on Israel. It doesn't matter how many times he's been. He doesn't know a damn thing. He's a fool. And you can tell him I called him a schmuck. 
To be this ignorant is to be purposeful in your ignorance. Geraldo said, hey, this is a great spot for me. This is what I'll do. And, uh, and, and oh, yeah, I'll get plenty of, of, of television time, and I'll make sure I keep my uh, deal with Fox. You know he's the Fox News correspondent at large. Which basically said, you know, we don't want him talking smack about us, so it's better to just pay him to keep him quiet and we'll use him every now and again. And he's just making sure he gets used. He's making sure he's doing his job. Am I to believe that Geraldo Rivera believes this? That would mean I believe that Geraldo Rivera is stupid. Now, again, I use that word, and I don't use words like dumb or stupid on air because what they do is they end conversation. I don't even use them in my life. They end conversation. You call somebody dumb, you call somebody stupid, chances are they're not going to talk to you, right? And it's such low-hanging fruit. Ah, oh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, she's so stupid. Like, what's the what's the, the, the conversational output there, right? Like, like, what's so interesting about that conversation? Let me tell you, you're, you're listening to radio hosts that are calling Nancy Pelosi stupid. Chances are you're not getting good radio. I said it. Take <laughs> Quote me. Knock yourselves out. But this... He's arguing that Israel buys missiles from the U.S. to kill Palestinian children, and then he won't stop? Is demand that? a ceasefire. I demand, I, I demand that Israel demand win the war. Israel needs to win the war against terrorism what? and terrorists that are firing rockets the at their people, Let's kill Dan all. Bongino. Let's kill all these, all these children. Geraldo, you do this every time. It, it, this is such garbage, and I'm really, I'm really getting sick of it. You play this emotional game with the audience and use your position of responsibility to put out misinformation you know, and BS. Attacking. You did it on the punk. police thing. Address the you issue. Did it, uh, do you have the you guts did to address the, the issue thing and not again. address it? You, you, just, you this is not about yourself, me. Can you? This, you didn't Ever. come on the show you to attack me. Yourself. You came no, on the show to talk about the issue. Because again, you have a point about the issue. Your position of authority. I'm sick of you, Bongino. I'm sick of you. And literally crumples up a piece of paper and throws it at the camera. And and I got to tell you, um, uh, God, do I never want to do that in my life. It, it, look, I, I have had to come to the Lord on big parts of my career and say, you know what? There's just some things I'm not interested in doing. I'm not interested in being that guy. I, I'm not. I'm not interested in, in, the, in the talking over. I'm not interested in the yelling. Zero interest. And as producer Ari pointed out, the best part is there's a moment where Bongino is speaking and uh, Geraldo has turned around, turned his back oh, on Dan Bongino. It's tremendously unnecessary, but that's why I love it. Oh. The, the purposeful dishonesty and the purposeful misrepresentation of the facts, I believe that's Geraldo acting the part. I don't believe he believes it. I believe that he is an actor, and there's nothing I wouldn't say directly to his face about what we see here. What he did is gave aid and comfort to a terrorist organization. That's what he did. Now, he's a dope on TV. That's far better then Representative Ocasio-Cortez giving aid and comfort to a terrorist organization by trying to block an arms deal. 
And yet we don't have Cortez or Presley or Omar or Tlaib or Carson or, or Jamal Bowman decrying a hate crime in California. You had people attacked for who they are, attacked violently, and no one calls it out. Oh, it's because they're Jews and and they deserve it? Okay. Look, man, you're telling us who you are. You're telling us what you're all about. We get it. We see it. You, you, you just you just heard about it. There is it's it's unquestionable when people talk about double standards. When people talk about holding God to a different standard. When people talk about um, looking the other way on these issues. We, we, we talked about Lori Lightfoot. The mayor of Chicago has said, I don't do interviews with anyone except black or brown reporters. Oh, just for the moment, right. Until there's uh, things are more equitable in the press corps or some other nonsense. It's pure rank bigotry. You want to know why people oppose critical race theory and anti-racism being taught in schools? It's because that's what it teaches. You teach anti-racism in the schools, the product you will get out is Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. That's what you'll get. And this is why parents everywhere are disgusted by it. And this is why they're pushing back on it. And this is why they're saying, I've had enough. But, you know, it, 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 it can't be all just total in, in insanity. We need, uh, we need some good news. Well, it's a sunny day. I feel brand new. There's about a million things that I could do. See, just gotta change the whole uh, mood here. I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I will help you do it. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is now available as uh, oatmeal. See, look at me. Nothing but helpful. Cinnamon Toast Crunch instant oatmeal and the answer is right now all of it are you an oatmeal guy i could be if it didn't absolutely ruin me oh my god it's the carb thing man it's too graphic of an imagery it's it it's pain it's the carb thing it's just awful i wish i could do it it's bread it's pizza it's pasta i can't do any of it all right fair enough right but will i do this will i suffer through this Absolutely. You've got 140 calories, zero grams of saturated fat, 160 milligrams of sodium, and 12 total sugars, grams, per one pouch of oatmeal and a topping. Oh, it sounds incredible. Then they're going to come out with um, Lucky Charms, Cocoa Puffs, and Tricks oatmeal varieties. This is happening in our world. You see? Good news all the way around. Well, it's a sunny day. Oh. I feel brand new. You're going to be so regular, and it's going to be delicious. That's a little graphic. This is Tony Katz today. With a Cuban cigar in the 
Matthew Perry stuns fans with slurred speech and Friends reunion promo. I think it's more stunning that people are still so desperate to cling to the TV show Friends. Are you serious? I find it kind of amazing. Oh my God, dude, it's a phenomenon. It's nuts. You know, in Chicago, they actually had a, a, a museum. There's a Friends museum with the sets. You could walk around and do the whole thing. And they may have had it in other cities. It's crazy. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today. Uh, a clip showed the, uh, he's 51, by the way, with an odd gaze and labored speech pattern. I, I, I don't know. Did, did, did you see it? I, didn't, I yes, did not see this it. this is fake news, dude. Is it? I'm not, I, one of the things I hate, and you know this, is when people make medical diagnoses with no medical experience. And I'm 100% sure the person who said, Matthew Perry looks like he's drunk, is not a medical expert. Don't make diagnoses or assumptions with no knowledge. You watched one 30-second clip. You have no authority in the situation. Now, I will tell you that you take a you take a look at them. First of all, I mean they're 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 older. Yes, they've aged. The, the men have aged horribly. Like Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, don't age. Amazing. The men right. horrible. I don't think uh, Matt LeBlanc, who is Joey, I don't think he looks bad. I he looks vastly different than he did. I'm not so compared to Jennifer Aniston. And well, but Jennifer Aniston is a freak. Well, I, that's who I have to. They're they're next to each other on the couch, Tony. What am I supposed right. to do? Yeah, um, but it, look, yeah, the the only thing I can say about them aging poorly is um, that finally something bad happened in their lives. Right? I mean, I mean, talk about blessed on blessed on blessed. Now, but not all of them. Jennifer Aniston is the only one who's had a mega career. Post friends, uh, Matthew LeBlanc has actually done episodes and Man with a Plan. He's done good things. Um, you have uh, a David Schwimmer who played Ross Geller, a Band of Brothers dude. Him as Captain Sobel. That is a tough part. He was great. Tough, tough part uh, 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 on that. He's done a couple other uh, films. I think he's done some directing. Courtney Cox did an absolutely spectacular television show called Cougar Town. Yeah, it's it's. Did you watch it? Oh, all six seasons and I would watch it again. Like with the, your wife or just? Yeah. Un- okay. I was to say, that's not really a, did not think that was a Tony Cat show. Cougar Town is unbelievably funny. Uh, they Not only did they love the inside joke, they compelled you to watch so you could be a part of the inside joke. <laughs> Matthew Perry had, uh, you know, he, he was part of a, uh, what was that's the Aaron Sorkin fil- uh, show there about uh, Saturday Night Live, basically. That went nowhere. He did a couple movies. That was it. Lisa Kudrow has really done nothing. She was in Neighbors. She was in Neighbors? Yeah, she was the dean in the Seth Rogen movie Neighbors. It's a... It's a fine, it, it's a movie. Okay. Well, in that case, what, what, is it, what does it matter to me? So, I mean, they, I mean no one except for Jennifer Aniston. She, everyone else did okay. But they've got so much money from that show. Yeah, they made a million an episode. Like, so well, You don't much. need to do anything. So the question is, how much are they getting paid for the reunion? Oh, my God, dude. $10 million each minimum. Right, it would have to be minimum. It would ha- it, it would have to be that much. I I I, I got to assume. 
Uh, however, I will tell you that I, um, I mean, is it is it just a reunion or is it a show? Like, are they doing new episodes? No, 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 no. It's a one hour like reunion where they revisit the show and do like bits but like the fact netflix played 100 million dollars per year for friends on netflix per year netflix they paid 100 million dollars per year that's how big this thing is netflix paid 100 million dollars for friends for one year i can't prove of that by the way lisa kudrow who played phoebe phoebe buffet uh, she's 57. 57! I mean, it's just an idea of, you know, uh, for, for people of a certain age, that's how old you are. $100 million. Dude, I, radio is stupid. Just go make a TV show. That's it. All I need is a coffee house and somebody who's cracking wise. <laughs> Get the podcast at TonyCats.com and support the show tomorrow, everyone.